a lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Brittany Davis. You're listening to Beyond the Voice Club on Consequence. I want to know, how many records do you own that have 26 tracks? 26. I can't think of one record I own with a whopping 26 tracks. And you know I'm a music person, so I've got a bunch of different albums, but that is epic. And Brittany Davis, new record, Image Issues, has 26 tracks. Every single one of them pops. And what I love about this is that it's not just a collection of songs. It takes you on a musical journey, and it's a very personal journey. You can just feel that and hear that on every track that you're learning about this person, and you're experiencing things with them from self-discovery to hardships, just everything is in there. You know that on this show, we often talk with women about what they've dealt with in the industry and obstacles they've had to overcome and discrimination. Brittany has probably seen it all because Brittany is non-binary, a person of color, and blind. But I have to say, from listening to the record, it is all positive goodness, it's all good spirituality, and I'm stoked to get into it with Brittany and talk about this great record, which by the way is being released on Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam's label, Loose Groove Records. Sane Erickson on Beyond the Boys Club, and if you don't subscribe to the podcast yet, shame on you. Do it right now. Just search Beyond the Boys Club on Consequence wherever you listen to podcast. All right, back in just a few with Brittany Davis. Congrats on your new record, Image Issues. And before I get into the new music, though, I want to go back and find out how did you first get into music? What were your first memories of making music? Well, my first memories of making music really started back when I was probably about, I was probably about four or so. (laughs) Um, But, you know, witnesses tell me that I had really early um, encounters with music, singing and humming when I was like, 10 months old and stuff like that. But I remember just beating on the doors of all my my grandma's <laughs> furniture and beating <laughs> on the walls <laughs> of the house and just 
always just a creative, expressive little soul. Um, I, I, I like to say that music was my first language. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> was your family, were they supportive when you started going down the music route? Oh, yeah, they were absolutely, they were, they were thrilled. They were so excited. They were like, oh, look, she's playing that song, <laughs> you know, because I play by ear. So I would just play everything I heard or make everything or remake everything I heard. And they were like, wait a minute, this kid can really play some music. What's going on here? <laughs> Are any of them musical? No. Well, it's kind of funny. I can't say that for sure. Like, on my mom's side, not really. My dad's side, yeah, we got some musicality. But I didn't realize that until I was older, though. When did you realize that you wanted to actually do music more seriously, not just for fun? Honestly, I can't remember <laughs> a time when I didn't want to do music. Like, you know, the career days where they'd be like, what do you want to do or be when you grow up? I'm like, uh, music? <laughs> I didn't know what, you know, being a musician entailed or what it was all about or how much it would cost, I guess, as far as life goes and sacrifice and all of that. But I always knew that God had given me a gift to to bring to the people and I always wanted to do that somehow. <laughs> When did you feel like it was it was happening that the gift that God gave you, you know, was finally getting out there to lots of people? I just I never even I never even took note of that time. I guess it whenever I got an opportunity to play or sing or be musical, I just always allowed it to cultivate in me just this joy because like whether I was performing in front of 2,000 or two people on the street, I always felt fulfilled. And so I just never really took note. But I know, like, once I came to Seattle, other people start taking notice of it. So describe what what part of your life, what music has been like in your life. Like, you mentioned the joy that it brings you. Like, describe what making music and being a part of the music world, like, what that feels like. Mm. Whoa, I don't, like, wow. I, I think being a part of this music world, I guess I just, I don't feel the music as much as I I believe or, or, or like, I embody the music. The music is kind of an embodiment. So it's not even, I don't even, see, that's what happens sometimes. Like, it, it's just me and God and the music. I don't, the the feel of everything else kind of fades away after a minute. But being a part of the musical community has been eye-opening because it's taught me to understand music from different expression points. You know, people have different ways of using the music. And for me, I guess it's therapeutic in nature, but it's also, it's like an expansive kind of therapy that we all like we're all getting the same message, but in different ways. It's different. It's something powerful, man. I can't explain it. <laughs> I love that. I totally agree that music is therapy, making it and listening to it both ends. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So let's talk about your new record, Image Issues, which is awesome, by the way. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 26 tracks, that is an epic release. What inspired you to release uh, such a big project? Well, honestly, 
I didn't even intend for the album to be so big. I just, I humbly accepted what I felt like needed to be said within my spirit at the time. And, you know, some of it I stand by, some of it now I've grown past and some of it still being worked out spiritually. But I feel like that album was so epically, you know, so many tracks is because I just poured my whole soul out on that thing, man. There's anger, there's joy, there's everything. And some of the songs are old, like some of the songs are like almost 10 years old, like Fallout is recently released as a single. Um, well, it started 10 years ago, but like something as recent as like, let's say, Wanted You To Know, which is my brother's song, a memorial to him as he was murdered uh, last April. It's recent pain, and I just had to get it out. It had to be on there. I was like, you guys, we got to put another song in there. Yeah. And so, like, it was just an outpouring, really. And it's not like everything that's on that album, I'm like, this is how I live forever. This is where I was at those times. Every track you heard was a different time, a different point of development within me. So that's why it became so so much, so, so thick. That's why it's two vinyls. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you always find yourself writing from a personal perspective? This is one of the, the parts of my journey that's really, you know, impactful to me though, is the spiritual portion and allowing Lord Jesus to guide me in the way that I conduct my writing is becoming a, a thing that I really want to explore deeper because in the past, and as you hear, even in this album, I'm conveying a lot of my emotions and a lot of my interests and even more of some of the world's interests and what I've noticed about how they interact with each other and me. But there's more, I know there's more divinity in there. I know there's more love in there that can be explored even deeper as far as the writing uh, portion of the music goes when it comes to just letting the divine have its way, letting God have his way. So yeah, I'm working on that. I love that. You talk about spirituality and God a lot, which is really, you know, I'm the same way. So I really, I love hearing that. Tell me how does your faith factor into your music? Just trusting God to envelop everything that I do in a way that is glorifying to him really is this, not trying to judge people or dismantle people or forget about people because I feel like that that's happened in my faith. You know, I've had a pretty extensive faith walk, but I've never like, there's there's been points of transformation, but I've never seen people really transform. Like we're still, I feel like people, they call the faith, but there's not a lot of transformation. And so- mm -hmm. We have to embody what that means to be transformed. And that is to remember the people that that are image bearers, basically, of God. I believe we were created in his image. And so like we have to reflect that image, which is a graceful image, a beautiful image, a correct image. Because it's not about us being perfect. It's about us being up, standing up. And so... Even when I'm writing these things that are hard to hear and even harder to utter, you know, harder to say, I would hope that 
in that God is being glorified. So it's like that tension and release, kind of like the bow master working with, you know, his aim and trying to get everything into the right position to shoot that arrow forth, you know? That's what I feel like God is doing with me. And so even though some of the passages in the album are really dark, you know, I I consider that being the pulling back of the bowstring, preparing me to go forth and whatever it is that God would like me to use to glorify him. So, yeah, this the, these are just stepping stones, you know. What a great analogy. And I feel like I kind of teared up a little bit as you were talking. So that was just, wow, what a great, I mean, I just love how you said everything. You should be, um, you should be a pastor too or something. <laughs> Very inspirational. Um, and, <laughs> and someone else who obviously is really sold on your music and just really loves everything that you're doing is Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam, love who him. is releasing your record on his label, which is awesome. So I want to know the whole story about how you guys kind of hooked up. So through one of our mutual friends, he, he's he got friends everywhere because he's such a good person. Sure. But only, you know, just the magnitude of how expressively embracing he is. He expresses very well and emotes very well what it means to explore the depths of kindness. And so... With that being said, you know, one of our mutual friends introduced us through, you know, one of his concerts. And, and they were like, you got to meet this young lady, Brittany Davis. She's this, she's that. Oh, blah, blah. I don't even like to talk about myself in that tense. But, you know, like, but he heard me playing that because one of, one, of, one of us, we had like a recording session at his studio. And we were just like there shooting gums. You know, we were just out there. You know, we just out there jamming, watershedding, as they call it, where I'm from. And he actually heard some of the tapes, and he's like, oh, wow, this is something in there. This is different. This is <laughs> hearing me play and hearing me sing. He's like, okay, this is something that could develop into something. Can we get an album? Can we get an EP? Can we get a... You know, and it was honestly, it was a group of us at first, but it then whittled down to just working with our mutual friend and myself. And Stone was just like enamored with the stuff that I was coming up with. Um, and he <laughs> he so expressively says in one of his interviews, calls me a keyboard assassin. <laughs> and he's just, his introduction was so smooth. Like, okay, I'd heard of Pearl Jam before, but I didn't really recognize the depths of the legendary, you know, status that they had. And so I <laughs> honestly I was kind of lost. It was kind of lost to me how amazing, you know, his his journey was and the journeys that he had helped facilitate. And so like I was like, man, I can't, you know, I I, I met him as a friend and I can't even think of him as this legendary. I don't compartmentalize him at all. Like he's so integral in my movement. Like whenever he calls me, I'm just like epic jumping up and down. Like, yes, my boy, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's just because of his kindness. It had, it only had nothing like our musical arrangement and all the loose screw and the paperwork. Sometimes it's easy to kind of like let it slide. Like, 
not slide like go unnoticed, but you know, all of that stuff kind of fades into the background when it comes to like the fullness of our friendship and like we're so goofy together. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've been doing these little workshops and learning how to, you know, work with each other and painted shield is crackalacking and it's just like all this cool stuff we doing. It's awesome. Like our story is just like a saga of epic crazy good goodness. It's great. It's fun. That's great. I, I feel like that comes through in the music too. When you have a good relationship with the people you're working with in the business, you know, yes. like you can tell in the music, the music's like, I don't know, positive or something. <laughs> so it's a better vibe. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. And it's, it's like open. It's ready. It's a soundtrack of its own. Just the rhythm of a, a good connection. It's like, we don't hardly even see each other, especially with Painted Shield. We hardly even see each other. But when we come together, there's just this epic, crazy rock star magic that happens. <laughs> it's fun. Have you heard the new Pearl Jam record or the new track that came out just now? Yeah, I've heard the new little single. I've heard the album, some of the album. I didn't know I was a Pearl Jam fan like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> See, because I had a friend who was like, oh, I love Pearl Jam. I love Pearl. And I didn't put two and two together. I was like, oh, shoot, this is them. <laughs> you know, like I didn't put it together. I was I was totally caught off guard by the legendary status. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, when I saw Pearl Jam, I went to New York and we saw them at Madison Square Garden. And I saw these cats and they're just, you got grown men in the crowd singing. <laughs> like, it's sure. a whole, it's just like, and I'm sitting here, I'm tearing up because I'm like the, the same guy that I just had fish and chips with the last week. This cat is up here. Got 80,000 people singing this song. <laughs> and it's not even about the, the. it's like I forgot. See, it's it's like I forgot the implications of all that. Like, you know, that means a lot to me that he's willing to share space with me and that like other people are gravitating to that greatness. I'm like, oh yeah, Pearl Jam for life. You know, I got my, per, my Pearl Jam t-shirt. I got... <laughs> I got my t-shirt now. That's awesome. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So there's a quote in uh, one of your press releases that really struck me. It says, it's from you, it says, Sound is the way I've always seen the world. Can you elaborate on how important sound has been to you? Well, I always say like this, my monsters never roared. They always sung. So you know how it is when you're a kid and you're scared of something in the dark. Man, I never heard a roar in my life. I always heard something singing. 
some kind of song or some kind of melody or rhythm that told me that something bad was going to happen or even something good was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Certain chord progressions expose my mind to different things. I, I had to do a expensive journey on that sonically. That's a good idea. Anyway, I, <laughs> I digress. But yeah, like that's why I say it's my first language. Kind of having it as an interpretation or a tool of interpretation uh, of the world around me. Like sometimes I would go into people's houses and just the smell of the incense would conjure a melody in my mind. And either it was a good melody or not a good melody. And depending <laughs> upon that melody, I would or would not go into people's houses. There was no separation. They call it kind of synesthesia. It was this synesthesia you know, of how I experienced the world, just literally every machination of my mind was centered around sound and music, rhythm, melody, harmony. Um, it sounds beautiful, but sometimes it could get overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I can see that when all the focus is on what you're hearing, that could be yeah. kind of overwhelming. Oh yeah, it is. Have you um have you ever felt discriminated against because of being blind or non-binary or a person of color? Like, have you ever come up against that? So I believe so, but I'm not sure because there's so many different avenues that can be taken. Being blind, for sure. Being Black, the non-binary part of me is very, very new. And I'm like, hey, look, I love my people but I got to trust in God about what he said about me. So when I call non-binary, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about that. It's like this discrimination that I was taught to give to myself, right? Mm -hmm. It's like me discriminating against me, saying that I'm not woman enough to be considered a woman because I don't do or have all the things that women had. I mean, you don't see it now, but, you know, you look back a year and I had a full beard and women are not supposed to have that. And no, I didn't ask for the beard, but I wore it. <laughs> it was me. And people always told me like, oh, you trying to be a boy or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm not. But I don't feel girly enough because of this beard and because not to be too graphic, but I, I can't have children. You know what I mean? Like mm. these are the things that I, the the shifting sands that have, have been, you know, placed under my feet as a reality that without these things, without these essential things, without a soft face and a pretty little body and, a, you know what I'm saying, all of these things, you're not woman enough to be considered viable in the community of the feminine. You're not a part of the sisterhood, but I know I'm not a brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's how I got really got stuck in the middle. And being non-binary is not for me. It is it's, it's a placement, but it's not it's not my full it's not the full potential of what God had. But beyond that, that discrimination, I feel like I was taught to discriminate against myself more than other people discriminated against me is what I'm trying to say. That's a good point. Yeah, because I always give this analogy. If there's three people in the room and they all got the same talent as me, but one is a shorty and the other one's a super tall, 
and and this is just stereotypical stuff. And I'm not talking about bodies. I'm talking about you know interpretation of body of said body. So it's like tall. She's blonde. She's whatever the color. You know the 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 fashionable color now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. The in color. <laughs> the in color. The in color. Right. And so she's got the looks. She's on high heels. She's walking on stilts and she's got the perfect body. She's thin but curvy in all the right places, you know. But you know what I'm saying? All the, you know, the perkies, the everything, the eyes, the the green eyes, they gotta be green, right? Or blue. <laughs> green or blue. And you know I'm screwed, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm just saying, I, I, that's it, but that's what I'm saying though. See, <clears throat> I tell people all the time, if it's me, the little shorty, or that chick, no matter the talent that all of us have, we all got the same amount of talent. We can all write, produce, sing, play, well, you name it. They're not going to pick me, that's for sure. And I that's what that. <laughs> well, I, well, I know because you, but that's because you're sitting here, you're talking with me. You're talking with me. You're, we're fellowshipping, right? We're communicating. Mm -hmm. We're exchanging information back and forth. If all they got is their eyes in my body, judgment's going to come between us because of what they were taught. See, that's what they were taught. That ain't even against them. That's against what we have put in the footnotes of society. Everybody's accepted except for in this way. But everybody's yeah. accepted. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and that's another thing I talk about is body positivity being a form of sometimes discrimination because... First of all, it don't matter how many accolades you give. If you don't feel positive in your, if you don't feel good in your body or about your body, you can have all the awards in the world, but there is no positivity. So I tell people that because I want them to understand that, you know, being racially discriminated against and discriminated against because one is blind is way different than being taught to hate yourself because you can't even see yourself. How would I know if I was ugly? Unless somebody was to either one, tell me or show me that they felt that way about me. I'm 29 years old. How many years have I had to determine for myself who I am? The same way other people do, I haven't really had that opportunity. You know, cause you know if you like a mullet or if you like a pigtail or whatever it is, but people might, put me in a mullet because they like a mullet or they might put me in a pigtail because they like a pigtail. So what do I like? Well, the world will never know. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it can get lost in turn. You see how that can get lost in translation. So that's why image issues is such an effort to call out such grievances as these. It's hard enough being female, then to be big, black, and blind as well. Make you, you know, all of these things, they're grievances. They're not complaints. They're pure and simple. They're grievances to alert people to like, oh, these are the things that really do make me look at her different or them different, whatever you want to say. But I know I'm beginning to know now how she, I am, how feminine I am. But I didn't know that before. See, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a journey. I mean, yeah. Do you think that um, being true to who you are is important in the music world, like when making music? Because I do feel like a lot of artists feel pressure, you know, to fit into a certain mold. 
kind of like the mold you're describing, but do you think that being true to yourself is important? Absolutely. You have to be true to yourself, but you got to be even more true to the one who made you. I believe. That's what I believe. And if you're not, I understand because it's a journey. It's a faith journey. You got to go. This is one of those things where you got to work it out, work out that salvation with that fear and that trembling. You got to do it. <laughs> and because this is why we have to trust in God's plan for the people and for ourselves. Because it's easy to be like, okay, Brittany, now you're your true self. Well, maybe not. Maybe there's more you need to know. You know what I'm saying? And so as an artist, my main objective is to be true. Not even just to myself, but just be true. Stand up and be true and say, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Okay, I was wrong about that. Like, just be true and expand yourself as truth takes you. Truth will lead you. It will guide you. You let it, it will guide you. For real. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. What other advice do you have for musicians, up and coming musicians, young people who want to make music? I'm going to be honest with you. You have got to consult with your creator first because this industry is not a seat that you could just sit down and say, okay, now I'm in it. Your mind and your body and your spirit got to be on one accord to do this work. It's not just about the money. It ain't about the fame. It ain't about the accolades. It's literally, it could be life and death for real. And my next piece of advice is to don't do it, but become it. Because people can take stuff from you that you do. Nobody can take something from you that you are at your core. Become what it is. Become the truth that you've been called to bear. Become that. And that will enrich your journey. That will give you life. The life that God gave. Boy, I tell you, y'all had me preaching on here. <laughs> I know, I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Let sorry. Let it rip. Sorry, no, it's I'm great. <laughs> But, I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed to tell people, like, God really loves you and he wants you to fully embody the life that he gave you for himself. And that's why I say do it. That's why I say don't do it, but become it. Because once you get into that place, man, once you get into that secret place, man, I'm telling you, there ain't nothing like it. God going to take you there. Your music going to take you only so far. God will take you the rest of the way, for real. Yeah, it, it's a great point because it's not just about your music and what it sounds like. It's about who you are. And I think that yeah. that's why people like your music, because of you, not even because of the music. What God is creating in us is so new. It's powerful. It's like, it's tactile. You can. It's a tangible thing. People are like, I don't know who this person is, but I know what this person is about. And I like it. <laughs> They could not hear my music. They're like, oh, that's dope. Do it again. <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, what you want me to give the people? Not this? Okay, I ain't gonna give them that. Oh, I was wrong about that? Okay, I gotta amend that. I gotta tell them the truth. Okay, let me tell them, Jesus. You don't let me tell them? All right, I'm gonna tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I'm just out here. I'm a weapon, but I'm meant for that grace. That's what we all supposed to do, man. We gotta get up. We got to get up and put it to the side of my neck. You know, I can't be talking out the side of my neck. You know, no matter what I'm going through, I got to be shooting straight. I got to be true. We call it true shooting. <laughs> true because shooting. We I like true that. shooting. Because mm -hmm. we don't want to be no crooked arrows out here. We got to get it right. 
I totally feel like in order for you to do this musical journey, you have to truly know what you are at your core so that that and only that comes through in the music. Please, 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 please be authentic. That's the main thing. That's the vice piece number three. Be authentic and do not give up. Some people don't want to walk like this. Some people don't want to think like that. But one thing's for sure. You better be authentic because people are, are not dumb and they're going to see if you got the armor to bear it or you don't. You got to tell them. I'm like, hey, I'll tell them. I'm like, that's my historical side. <laughs> that's my historical side. That's my history. That's where I was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When we talk about we talk about Greece and we talk about Athens or we talk about any place in the ancient world, the way that they did things, that's the way that they did things. That might not be how we do it now. So it's important to be authentic at every stage. Like, oh, well, I know now. Well, now I guess I'll keep on doing it like I was doing it. No, don't do that. Mm -hmm. When it changes, mm -hmm. go with the flow. Go to the place that it takes you. You out here preaching the streets. Now you want to preach the gospel. You better go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead and do it. Don't play with him. Do not play with him. That's one thing I learned. I'm learning. Well, Brittany, it's been so great talking with you. I've so enjoyed this. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Congrats on the new record, Image Issues. I cannot wait for people to hear it. Image Issues, baby, March 1st. But understand that that person you're hearing is developing, growing. And I love y'all for real, man. I appreciate y'all. And it means a lot to be a part of this journey with y'all and, and to be sharing this, basically this testimony. Because <laughs> this album is a straight up soul testimony. I want y'all to know that. It's a story from beginning to end, so no skipping tracks. <laughs> That's the way an album should be listened to from front to back. That was so great. I just feel personally moved by that conversation. I had no idea what direction it would go in, which is what I love about doing this show. I just never know what to expect. And I love the spontaneity of just talking about what's going on in that moment. And I feel moved by all the discussion about Britney's spirituality and inspiration and life. Check out the new record, Image Issues, for 26 awesome tracks of just soul-drenched music, which is on Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam's record label, Loose Groove Records. It's Ann Erickson, and as always, thanks for rocking with me right here on Beyond the Boys Club on Consequence. Until next time, keep rocking. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.